1: Low down and filthy, but the discipline is on point. School myself, made my own dojo. A cold flow with the whole dose of soul. Maintain composure, even in fury, An anomaly properties
2: undiscerned. This week on the Pete the Planner pizza Show, pizza pizza. we answer your money questions because that's what we always sometimes do i'm your host pete the planner and special this week in studio instead of behind the scenes we welcome producer nicole hello hello how are you I'm,
0: I'm good how are you
2: i'm great uh we got three great financial questions this week we're gonna go through and we begin uh right away we're jumping right into it because i feel like we're gonna discuss this one for a while it is from a man uh i don't uh, to <laughs> due to the sensitive nature of this this question
0: yeah
2: i'm not gonna give his name
0: no i agree
2: I don't know. Pete, I would like your opinion. My son, and then he gave the kid's name, which I'm not going to give you, uh, recently got married and they're both 25 years old. Yeah. So, I mean, they make you look really young. (laughs) His wife is a pharmacist and makes more money than he does. We call that marrying up. I added that part.
0: Oh, I I like that, though.
2: She took uh, on over $200,000 in debt for her degree. Uh my son has a bs which i assume means a bachelor of science
0: yeah uh, you know
2: and an mba and graduated both degrees without any debt and then in a parenthetical phrase my friend wrote in the email i was very instrumental in him achieving that goal <laughs> <laughs> i like that it's a little bit extra <laughs>
0: he's like "Yeah, i need you to know this.
2: i just so you know i was i'm a big deal continuing <laughs> the wife i assume he means his son's wife basically calls the shots in their finances They use one joint account to pay for all of their combined bills. So Obvi, my son, he put obviously, but I put Obvi to freshen it up. Because, you know. Sometimes I know words. So Obvi, my son is paying uh, paying toward her student loans. I'm not sure he should be paying her loans, but that's his decision. He's in his third year of his career with a large corporation. The first year he took my advice and maxed out both his company 401k and his maximum IRA contribution. That's great. Uh, The last two years, he is only making the 401k. I told him he wants to pay toward her loans. That's up to him. But I wouldn't do that until his retirement contributions are fully maxed out. I don't think it's fair to my son uh, otherwise. Uh, They also bought a $300,000 house recently with a $60,000 down payment, $30,000 of which was a gift to them from my wife and I as an early partial inheritance. What are your opinions? I have several opinions.
0: Same. What? Wow. All right,
2: Hollywood square style.
0: So, just at first glance at this, can yes. we agree or discuss at the fact that maybe the dad is not the is kind of a please just do what I want you to do.
2: Uh possibly. I would view this as a more I mean, I don't know what I'm about to say if it's insulting or not. I don't particularly care. Yeah. I'm not trying to be insensitive. I just call it like I see it. This is very helicoptery. Yeah. You know? He's
0: still a little too involved. If he and his wife, they're married, they're a couple. They're, yeah. There's obviously a future that is going to exist between the two of them. And the father still seems, for whatever reason, to be acting like that this isn't a forever thing. That he sees the... like He's acting as if they're...
2: There's a possibility this doesn't work yes. out. Yes. I feel that there's way, too. There's a total
0: tone to that. And I don't feel like that, that is helping the situation of what he wants his son to do.
2: No, I'm a father. Uh, And I can tell you that my feelings about what I want best for my children uh, have developed over the years and have gotten stronger. So like last night at Ted's little league game, he wasn't paying attention. A ball got hit by him that he should have got. And I got sort of frustrated, not at him for any other reason than I want him what's best for him. And I want him to learn that He should pay attention. Yeah. Right? Like, so, but I mean, this is all internal frustration. I mean, I still let him eat dinner and everything. Yeah.
0: Just this once.
2: Just this once. (laughs) And and I don't know if that's that, uh, this email is that different in the sense that my man just wants what's best for his son. And there's actually nothing wrong with that. No.
0: However, I think, especially as an individual who is close to this age, I'm very aware that my parents want what is best for me, as they always have. But there is a way for you to deliver this of your well wishes and how you think that your child should go about these things Mm -hmm. without making it come across as this is what you need to do. And I'm not going to support you if you don't do so. Yeah,
2: and I I actually don't feel that guy is going there. I think that's a really good point. I don't think he's crossed that line because he's he's basically weighed in. And that's all he can do. Um, I'll say this, and this is my personal opinion, and this is an opinion based on talking to tens of thousands of people about their financial lives. Yeah. I think if you get married young, you as a couple take on everyone's debt.
0: Yeah. I I think it goes back to that whole of... When you get married, your income is your income. It's not someone gets a vote or someone gets more because they make more. It's a, this is your income. So when you get married, when you take on the debts, this is your debt. That's a goal for the two of you to get rid of those.
2: Yeah, because didn't sh- she married into the emailer's wealth. Yeah. When she gets part of the early inheritance, she is getting the fact that her husband um, had a a... a an education that didn't cost him in the aftermath. She married into that. Right. And so unfortunately or fortunately, the son has to marry into her debt.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's one of those two. If they're so concerned about paying off this student loan debt before they do anything else, then why would you buy a $300,000 house?
2: That's a bigger point. You and I, and the, the point there too is I am staunchly against down payment assistance from parents yes it is incredibly common i burn bridges every time i talk about it i don't particularly care because i find that it artificially makes someone feel like they're ready for that step in their life because it it gets trivialized down to well it's basically a glorified form of renting since i got the down payment assistance and this is better than renting and i just disagree with that but it's not like someone who gets a down payment's a bad person or someone who gives a down payment's a bad person. I, I think the bigger issue is uh, there's just stuff all over the place here. Number one, I think the Sun is absolutely responsible for establishing household goals, which include attacking their joint debt.
0: Yeah, I agree.
2: And I view her debt to be their joint debt.
0: Because they're married. It's like one of those, my special friend and I, we Mm. each have our own student loans, but we're not married. So therefore, that is still our own student loan debt to pay down ourselves.
2: I mean, I don't know. I'm going to get really weird, and I'll probably end up disagreeing with myself. I think you end up marrying someone's past when you marry them.
0: Yeah, if that debt is still there.
2: Yeah, I mean, just in general. I mean, mean, even more philosophically, you, you marry who that person was in yeah. the situations they've been through. Right. And I think the, you know the manifestation of that financially is a student loan. So I I think that that a parent should not weigh in on a well, they can weigh in. I just disagree cuz I'm weighing in uh, that that the son shouldn't pay off the debt.
0: Yeah. I think it's a the parent is just still a little too involved.
2: I agree with that. I do think it is great that the dad, uh, the emailer, got the son to um, put that much into his four hundred and one k. Oh
0: gosh, absolutely! That's fantastic. I mean, yeah,
2: that step alone will likely make this couple millionaires.
0: I think it's one of those two that if the son is taking aspects of the father's advice the dad has to look at this as a, as his child is thinking about the financial decisions that he's making and he's now got to trust that if the son needs guidance he will come to him for that yeah but also let the son start to make some some of his own decisions and be able to own some of those decisions
2: Here, here's I, i've seen this situation so many times the the emailer is and i i don't know but i'm going to go ahead and get, is a very financially successful person.
0: Oh, yeah. A, a father wouldn't have his son maxing out his... No. no, at that age, no way.
2: So it's almost like, well, I'm successful, so I'm going to show you what it takes to be successful too. And there's some what? of that. Oh, yeah. And and, and, and it's, he's right. The emailer's right. Absolutely. What he has done is right. But that actually has an end point to it, or it should yeah. have an end point to it. I agree. Because now it's getting into... Relationship stuff, as yeah. opposed to financial advice, which you can get relationship advice from your parents. There's nothing wrong with that. No,
0: absolutely not.
2: I, I, I mean, the person emailed me, asked for my my, my opinion, and my opinion is this: um, I'm okay that the guy's not maxing out his IRA right now. They're uh, going to be buying a house very quickly yeah. uh, upon uh, being 25, a, yeah. a $300,000 house. Uh they both obviously make good money. If she's a pharmacist and her his son's got an MBA and a and then they're probably making 250.
0: Oh, e- easily.
2: So yeah. I mean I
0: think let the kid live for a
2: little while.
0: He's making some good decisions obviously.
2: I I agree. I think there's let good him live decisions for a being little made. Bit. Yeah.
0: He's on a good track.
2: So here's how this works. When you email us a question, what we try to do is if we put it on the air i'm not going to email you back sometimes but we'll try to send you the audio like we'll send you a yeah. link to this week's show and so uh, if you're listening to this right now emailer you know your name hi emailer uh, but, oh by the way i can see what this person does for a living now the the emailer it's a pretty analytical field it's a pretty so
0: the way they're going about this yeah makes it's sense.
2: not an accountant but it's sort of a brain of an accountant right on the brain of an engineer if you will what's that like <sighs> i can't talk to him all right so out, there we go there we go i feel good about that
0: yeah i do too
2: how do you like him being in studio this week
0: it's kind of fun i like it yeah
2: well we'll see what the we'll see what the viewers say <laughs> if you haven't saying? already go to pete the our new series pete's eats it's fun it's fun where it's we uh, fun. cook ten dollar meals for a family of four um the family of four being well more than four adults that work in our, our
0: office. office of six yes
2: yeah. okay uh, so here's what we're gonna do. Go. Coming up after the break, we're we're gonna hit a, a young guy who just started his career, wants to know what sort of backup plan needs to be in place. What should, he this guy emailed us. He's going for it. You can tell he's gonna swing for the fences. He's gonna to try to make millions and millions of millions of dollars in, in a healthy way, uh, and he wants to know uh, how to establish the base for that. All that is next on the Pete the Planner Show. I am Pete the Planner. Stop what you're doing on. and hit Pete up on Twitter at Pete the Planner.
1: Be, man. Now good to me. Uh, uh, I never question the right of any man The voice his opinion as strong as any can But then again many men are citizens of their own little world So they ain't really fitting in I'm in the background blending in to read, but I'm a Remember, Back
2: on again. the Pete the Planner yeah, Show. on Pete the, the Planner. here uh, answering your money questions. Your money questions answered, just another way to say it. Go to Ask Pete. That's all one word. It's two words, but I want you to keep the space. <laughs> space saving. Uh, go to Ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. Uh, producer Nicole joins us in studio today. Hello. Hello. Uh, you're sitting on pillows.
0: Two, yeah. Two
2: pillows because you're Petite. Thank you. That word seems condescending. It's my better, wife is petite. Yeah. But Isn't there's, it?
0: There's nothing worse than being than someone come, coming up to you and being like, wow, you're short. Yeah. And I like to kind of like look around and be like, I am?
2: Yeah, it's one of those weird things it has right. been happening to my wife entire life. All right, this email, I spoke to a group of college kids uh, at a kegger. No, at a, <laughs> an event this week. And so I got an email from a young guy there, and I'm just going to read it now. So here we go. Uh, I'm going to read the whole email, and it's going to seem uh, self-congratulatory, but it is what it is. Whatever. Hello, Pete. Nice talk. Although we were facing some technical difficulties, your humor definitely helped remedy this problem a lot. And that's the first lesson for, for today. Humor cures all.
0: I like that lesson.
2: Uh, I really enjoyed your talk, and the power percentage is definitely something I need to calculate later on in my career. If you're listening right now and you have no idea what power percentage is, I encourage you to find the heck out. Go to the Million Dollar Plan podcast. That's our podcast. Or yep. Just go to PeteThePlanner.com. Episode 120.
0: 120.
2: 120. And Nicole, I looked at you and pointed at you, and you got this panic look of, I don't know that episode number, brother.
0: But you did.
2: I do. It'll How- also be linked. However... Up. I have two tricky questions. First, let me introduce my background. This is very formal. (laughs) I would like to be an entrepreneur sometime in my career and probably planning on doing something big. (laughs) Who doesn't want to go bold? I don't know. So when do you think... Oh, wait. I got my... So when do you think (laughs) is the best time to start my own career? I assume in meaning uh, entrepreneurship. What should I do or what resources do I have if I go broke or bankrupt and failing my attempt? What is the minimum amount of money that I can live by, basically just survive per month? The same question Elon Musk asked himself in order to survive even after numerous failures before. What happens to my 401k if I get fired by my employer right after I got employed, for instance, after one and a half years? Thanks in advance for your time and effort. Best wishes. This guy's name. There's a lot there. Yeah. You know, I, I will say, and this this does sound condescending and it's not meant to be. These are the questions of a young person that haven't hasn't got to like just go through the motions at all yet. Right, yeah. No. Which is fine. I mean
0: not everyone works in the financial wellness world at twenty-four.
2: Yeah, I I I think this is interesting because this is a person that you can tell wants to swing for the fences, but is practical enough as right. a Midwesterner to want to make, oh, I want to make sure I can pay the bills.
0: I appreciate that though.
2: I will say this about risk. Um, I also hate the term serial entrepreneur. However, serial entrepreneur and a guy who sold close to a billion dollars worth of companies, Don Brown told me once on this show several years ago when you're as young as this person is who's emailing, yeah. there is no such thing as risk. Right. So when this person looks at this like, oh, I gotta take a lot of risk to become an entrepreneur. Well, what Don Brown is suggesting is um, there's no risk. You're what, what are you risking? Yeah. You're 20 nothing years old. You have nothing, you're risking nothing. If you can't take risks now, when are you going to take risks? So I think that's a really important element to all of this. Number two, what's the minimum amount of money someone can live on to survive? That is really based on your standard of living. But as yeah. a twenty-something-year-old tech person, fifteen hundred bucks a month, if you're really bare bones scraping by, yeah, maybe. Um, the key is like, how do you find work-life balance so that you don't burn out?
0: Absolutely. At
2: that age, which a lot of those guys do.
0: Because especially if then your weekends and free time become all of you just gr- grinding, grinding, yeah. grinding on whatever your next move is, absolutely, you're going to burn yourself out.
2: He wants to know what happens to his 401k if he gets fired. Um, planning to get fired is audacious and bodacious. It's all the daces. Um First of all, if you get fired, nothing happens to your 401k. It's still yours. It's your money it's it's a, an account that is set up through your employer, but your employer doesn't get to keep it. However, yeah. However what could happen is that your employer match may have a vesting schedule. So, uh, Nicole, you receive a match here at the uh, Peter Home Office. I do, and I don't remember. I don't think we have a vesting schedule. I think uh, you're uh, immediately vested. Meaning, what I match, what I put in on your behalf, uh-huh. at some companies, if you were to leave within a certain time frame, I take that money back. Oh yeah that's that's cool. pretty common so uh young man emailing it's possible that the contributions your employer makes they'll pull back but you get to keep your money Makes sense uh well, did we answer all of this what's the minimum money oh oh what should i do or what resources do i have if i go broke or bankrupt you only go bankrupt if you have so many debts that you can't carry those debts forward so um, I don't know what sort of student loans this guy will have, but you can't, as of right now, you can't file bankruptcy on student loans, so that doesn't matter. So,
0: yeah, write that off.
2: So unless he uh, takes on consumer debt or business loans for starting up this business, I mean, he, you can't take on a business loan when you're a startup entrepreneur prior to like venture capital funding. Yeah, You would have to finance it with credit cards, which which I don't want to say is a good or a bad idea. That's what people do. So the bankruptcy, potential bankruptcy, would come from you have tens of thousands of dollars of personal credit card debt. Yeah. The business fails. You're still responsible for that debt. And so then one might consider filing bankruptcy to get rid of those debts. Mm. Yeah, but I mean, look, I, I, I would just take my comment back to the whole Don Brown thing. Yeah. Um, he was former CEO of Interactive Intelligence. and uh,
0: Especially because there's just him that's got skin in the game right now. Like he's not right. having to support any other humans other than himself.
2: That's a big part of this. I mean, even in, as dumb as this sounds, even getting a cat, you means you got something dependent on you. You right. know what I mean, like
0: because if the cat gets sick.
2: Yeah, but if it's just you and you are just trying to build something great, there is no risk.
0: No, especially if you want it badly enough. If this is, if this is something that you're willing to commit seriously enough to, you'll be willing to make the sacrifices to eat new like cups and noodles and.
2: You know, it's funny. I usually don't like to go that route. However. You're right in you this know? circumstance. Like, yeah. just eat ramen, and I. There's sort of a joke. Or I'm just going to eat beans, right. and yeah. it's like, okay. But on some level, it, it, that's what it means to have no risk. Yeah. Because this guy really can uh, make that happen. Absolutely. All right. If you want your uh, question answered, emails uh, ask Pete at petetheplanner.com Coming up after the break, we're going to go. We haven't even discussed what we're doing in the next, next segment. I haven't quite decided myself <laughs> yet. Although I, you know what? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to discuss the following question. What is the one thing people need to do universally right now in America specifically to improve their financial lives? What is the one element that is missing in America in 2018? That is next. I'm Pete the Planner. and This is the Pete the Planner Show.
1: Man on the beat, yes, sir. Oh, yeah. Glass House, yes, sir. Mr. Kinetic, Rusty Redenbacher, oh, yeah. ATFU, Naptown, Cashing in like the end of the game at the casino. I lean so the glare of the rear view don't hit me. Swiftly through the avenues and boulevards. Old soul playing on my speakers. Old soul but young and age a boss player. Not from the Himalayas, but my fam
2: gave me Gary. Back on the Pete the Planner show on Pete the Planner. Pointing at the camera. You can watch it at PeteThePlanner.tv in studios. Nicole, hi. Hi. I got you out from behind the magic curtain this week.
0: Feels Magical.
2: How great of a job is intern Aaliyah doing? She's doing amazing. She's amazing. You can see Aaliyah's work at PeteThePlanner.TV. She produced and directed and shot and edited the first episode of Pete's Eats. You can find that at PeteThePlanner.TV. Uh, and we recorded an episode this morning. A little, we did. A little brunch for the crew.
0: It was delicious.
2: I think so. Um, all right, Nicole, this is a heady, heady topic here. The question in front of us is what is the one thing people need to do in their financial lives in 2018 as, as a culture in America? What is missing? Why are all the bad statistics continuously the same? Why do, why do we always have people like average balance in America is $10,000 and that the average person can't come up with $400 in an emergency? Like why do all of these things happen other than wages? Because we're not gonna address wages today, mm-hmm. because uh, I don't want this to turn into, well, there's a giant wage gap, and the rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poorer. I don't, I'm not disputing that. No. I think there's just another, another issue that I have discovered in the last 20 years of doing this. Yeah. And how financial educators like myself have changed our approach over the last 20 years, I believe uh is proof that this issue exists yeah okay so l- l- if i may yeah give you a little history lesson here oh the late 90s how old were you
0: um i was born in 94
2: so okay. probably four or five <laughs> okay late 90s here was what was going on um you've heard of the dot-com bubble oh yeah okay so a lot of dot-coms were coming out in the late 90s where uh, the, the, the internet companies were just booming yeah. hundreds of millions of dollars and then there's the bubble, they all pop, burst or whatever and people mm. lost a bunch of money. Yeah, But really what was happening in America from a retirement standpoint and an education standpoint at that time is that we began to realize that the first part of the baby boomers didn't necessarily have enough money saved for retirement. It was yeah. the first... Uh, Inkling that there was a retirement crisis. And the reason for that crisis is because since the mid 1970s, pensions had been on the decline. Mm -hmm. And so what happened was the retirement and financial industry that that we're in, and I I was even in uh, in '98, um, they decided to start doing workplace education, like in break rooms all across the country. You know, the 401k guy would come in, and the the following (laughs) conversation would take place. I'm the financial guy okay. uh you're the worker and you're gonna say i can't afford to okay after okay. i say the first line
0: thank you for priming
2: me uh you need to save more for retirement
0: i can't afford to
2: you can't afford not to and then that was like that's what happened in the late 90s and so
0: that's so debilitating
2: right? it's it's oh, a lot of things it's, it's sort so of many things but here's what it began to do it began to tell that generation of workers and workers behind that that It was no longer their employer's responsibility to fund their retirement. Yeah. So that was an important step, although the effectiveness of telling someone you can't afford not to is sort of dumb. Okay? (laughs) So then the turn of the millennium happened, and I thought um, that Y2K was going to be real, and I had water at our house. That's okay. I really thought Y2K was going to be a disaster. No one cares. And this ushered in the era of credit card debt. Yeah. Like p- consumers getting tens of thousands of dollars deep in credit card debt became very real in the early 2000s and home ownership became really important because lenders and banks started saying, we can let these people get deep in debt and and, and in so doing, make a lot of money off of them. Yeah. Use their own greed and consumer, consumer interests and, and market and leaning into that to cause them problems but to make things good for us right yeah all the while holding our hands up and saying hey you're making the decisions so that happened so then what ended <laughs> <So that> up <laughs> it did <laughs> and so what ended up happening was funny uh, financial education during that time really became about getting people out of credit card debt that was sort of early 2000s well that led up to 2007 2008 when the entire economy collapsed mm-hmm. because people were so leveraged right yeah specifically with home ownership So then this was actually a really good thing. I'm getting to my point. Don't you worry. This was a really good thing for financial education because everyone was in shambles. Yeah. So people paid attention because they were terrified. You could build someone's life back from scratch in about 2009. March of 2009 were like the heyday of my career. Yeah. Because people would listen. Like People were like, yes, I'm desperate. I need help. And the personal savings rate in our country went up because people were so terrified they'd stopped spending money and started saving money, which is a good thing. Yeah. So then, uh, around 2012 or so, once people sort of rebuilt their lives over this three-year period by using the fundamentals, <laughs> then these subprime lending practices came back and banks started saying, okay, everyone's secure now, let's do it again. So then what we had to do is people's behaviors started to suffer again. And so then starting around 2012, our job as financial educators became to modify the bad behaviors of those people we served and money was a lot less about math than it was about behavior from 2012 up until current you know modern times yeah Which not that 2012 is not modern times but to today but to today
0: which
2: which is where we're at but here's where i think here's where i'm at yeah i mean and and look i i try not to do this very often on the show i've been doing this as long as anyone in the world when it comes to financial education. Yeah. Like so we are always sort of on the cutting edge because we we've been there the whole time. Here's what's next. I can't I know what's next, but I don't know exactly how we're going to do it. I'm just sharing it with you though.
0: I know. Oh, I know.
2: Here's the problem. People don't care. No. People don't care that The math doesn't work.
0: No, because they got the stuff.
2: They have stuff, but then they do this thing of saying, you know what? It's all going to work out. Yeah. No, it
0: won't. It won't. Eventually, one day, it will not work out.
2: No. I mean, the the weird thing is it's not working out. We're more tolerant, as we've been talking the last couple months on the show. We've become more tolerant of bad situations, which means we're numb to them.
0: When What a horrible thing.
2: Yeah. So I think
0: that's why our country is the way it is in general right in,
2: now. In a lot of, in a lot of instances, I, I would agree. Now, here's the issue. Not only do you have to acknowledge that something's wrong, yeah. you have to care enough to want to change it, yeah. and then becomes the step of behavior modification, of, of behavior change, mm-hmm. taking action. But I think we're currently stuck as a culture of people simply not caring that they're headed for a disaster and it's all under the guise and and assumption that something's going to come along and fix this for them and i'm not talking the economy or the market or the government i'm talking about an individual making the personal finance decisions in front of them and seeing that mathematically they're putting away on average i think less than four percent of their income towards the future yeah which nicole I was gonna say it's virtually impossible to succeed. It's not even virtually impossible. It is impossible to succeed financially if you're putting 4% of your income away.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Impossible. And so if you hear that, if you're listening on the radio right now and or you're watching on PeteThePlaner.tv and you you hear me say this, and this is your reality. Like you look at it, like, well, I'm putting away 4%. Okay, I'm talking to you then. You have to care. And that's why what's tough about this, Nicole, is it's really easy to get distracted by the wage gap, the wage issue. Yeah. And I am not insensitive to that. I understand that if someone's making below living wage in our country, their chances of financial success aren't great. I'm actually going to do this right now. I'm going to look up the living wage uh, calculator which will tell us in Marion County? Well, yeah, we'll go with Marion County, Indiana. Okay, yeah. Marion County, and which is the Indianapolis proper area, if you will. Uh, if you're listening outside of <laughs> our area, I want to tell you what living wage is in Marion County, Indiana. We're looking it up right now. Uh, you can find this at livingwage.mit.edu. MIT is in Massachusetts Institute of Technology. That's livingwage.mit.edu. If you are one adult living alone, living wage in uh, Marion County, Indiana, means you'd have to make $11 an hour to survive. Minimum wage is $7.25. Yes. Poverty wage is $5. I don't even know how that works. One adult, one child, single parent, raising a kid, doing the Lord's work. <laughs> yes. Living wage... That means if you're a a single adult making less, single, a parent, I should say. Right. Making less than roughly $40,000 a year. Mm -hmm. You make below living wage. Caring is not the issue for you. No. Your wages are the issue. Yeah. Caring only becomes an issue if you're making above living wage and you're not funding the things you should fund. Yeah. Two adults, no children. Let's find this one. Two adults, no children. This one's crazy. Uh Two adults. Okay. $8.94 is living wage. Okay, so it goes it reverses backwards. Okay? $8.94 So anyway, check this out. Go to uh, livingwage.mit.edu. The big issue right now in our country in terms of financial lives, once you make a living wage, is caring about what the math says because the math isn't good. Coming up after the break, biggest waste of money of the week and more. I'm Pete the Planner. and This is the Pete the Planner Show.
1: Stay true to my enemy and water the trees that I sing from and look out for the lumberjacks. Running with the gale, force wind at my back. Swift and enduring, I remain calm. Swift and enduring, I remain calm. Swift and enduring, I remain calm. This lay great to rest. Let me
2: remain calm. Back on the Pete the Planner show. I'm Pete the Planner. Uh, this week, here I know what you're wondering: what is the biggest waste of money? of the week uh, i bring nicole producer nicole back in studio i feel like people have actually sent me a lot of submissions this week biggest waste of For money For theirs?
0: oh i love it
2: however i'm gonna go with this is not gonna sit well with you we could have a conflict
0: oh no what are you gonna do
2: we may have to call an hr and do conflict resolution oh boy the kamano coffee grinder stick with it i there are three key, key ingredients to a great cup of coffee. Do you yeah. happen to know what the three key ingredients... Because you are a bean head. Yeah. Wait, is that what...
0: I'll take that. Yeah, you have to have good beans. Good beans. I like to have single origin.
2: Who cares? Go ahead.
0: Water. Water treated specifically for your coffee, depending on where and what kind it is. Okay. And then also your grinder, the grind that you're doing for your coffee, based on how you're going to prepare it.
2: Okay, so you y- you were basically right. So the bean, you've got to yeah. have the right bean to have a good cup of coffee the right brew, which I think is essentially what you were saying with the water and like the right temperature and all of that. Right,
0: well then you specially treat the water so that it's not super minerally because it'll make your coffee taste weird.
2: Whatevs. And then the right grind. The Kamano coffee grinder ensures you get the last one right every time. It has a cast iron top arch and hopper that works in conjunction with a ceramic burr to provide a precise, consistent grind. All that sits atop a wooden base, which attaches to a ball jar to hold the ground coffee, giving it an old timey look while ensuring dependable performance for years to come. Made by hand, every component is also made (laughs) in these United States of America. Nicole. Nicole.
0: Oh, that thing's at least like 400 bucks.
2: No, it's it's much more reasonable. Really? It's $95. Oh,
0: my God.
2: But that is not reasonable. $95 for a coffee grinder? Yeah. Let's go to Amazon right now. Let's see what coffee grinding is. Because oh, we have a little, I think it's like a brawn coffee grinder. Uh, there's no consistency to it. So we grind it. Sometimes it's fine. Sometimes it's coarse. No one cares. let
0: it's your own fault then.
2: Why would you do that? Um... Uh, because it doesn't matter to us. We just need the drugs. Okay. We just need the caffeine. If
0: it doesn't matter to you, then I respect
2: that. $18 is what, is what we spent on ours. Although I will say here, there is a $163 coffee grinder. You know what? Let's do this. Let's go to Amazon and see what the most expensive coffee grinder is on Amazon. What do you think oh, it is?
0: You don't want to know. Oh, really? Yeah, you don't.
2: Okay. Well, I'm about to find
0: yeah, I told you.
2: Oh, my gosh. What is wrong with people?
0: Don't Google how much like a La Marzocco espresso machine is.
2: Well, I know which those are.
0: Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, but... Here's
2: a $3,000 coffee grinder.
0: Yeah, let me let me see.
2: The Kuban yeah. coffee grinder. But, I mean, yeah. who cares? This is absurd.
0: But does your cup of coffee taste delicious when you go to your little specialty shops?
2: Do you, so you... Okay, so you are making the argument that i'm not going to argue against necessarily that what makes a good cup of coffee when you go to a coffee shop is the grind
0: it's important
2: that's a big part of this
0: yeah it's a big it's very and it's you wouldn't know unless you You know yeah unless you know i don't know well because there are different types So if you're doing a french press or you're doing a regular pour over if it's for espresso like there are different grind settings that you have to have
2: but i I guess this is the dumbest question i've ever asked on the show also the most insightful uh but isn't that dumb to spend your money on like uh, the grinder if you're not like a making money off of the coffee you're selling
0: if you're not serious about it or, and if you're not using beans that require something like that, yeah, absolutely. Like if you're just doing it because you got cash laying around, yeah. that's stupid. You could use that for so many other things. But for my special friend who makes probably the best cup of coffee I've ever had. He has
2: never made me a cup of coffee.
0: That's your own fault.
2: I don't know if it's my fault. Feels like it's his fault. Let's make the rest of the show about him. Okay. Him not making me coffee. <laughs> but here's the thing. The coffee, like I I, I have coffee every morning. I have a. Sp- you
0: didn't for a while and I don't know how I you was did. off
2: the coffee when I was trying to kick the heartburn, which was has been kicked. I had to reset the gut. Proud of you. Thank you. I did have yogurt this morning. I
0: saw lemon. How was that? It was
2: delicious. That's that noosa. Yeah. It's good stuff. It is good stuff. Uh and they spell yogurt with an H.
0: That's how you know that it's
2: good it's a real deal that's made in like Colorado Springs the Noosa you know that no I didn't know that no I did have you ever had their (laughs) coconut coconut yogurt
0: no I haven't it's delicious
2: (laughs) Uh, okay so that's where we're at (laughs) that's where we're at Oh no. man! So here's what I would encourage you to do if you're watching uh, at PeteThePlumber.tv right now. Click on over to Pete's Eats. It's our new series. Our, our I think we're going to do a four-part mini series. Yeah. Intern Leah is, is putting together. She is a uh, a uh, what, what, what a media student. Yeah. At Ball State University, she's really good, and uh, it's her great work. So watch the uh, what do what we make a grilled. Burrito with salsa verde.
0: It was delicious.
2: I made it for six adults.
0: We're sorry we didn't put it in for ten cake. bucks. For ten bucks.
2: And there was not vegetables. We're not sorry. So check that out. Uh of course you can always email us. The whole point of this program, whether you listen on the radio, you watch on pizzaplaner.tv or you pick up the podcast, the whole point of the program is you have financial questions, and if they get stuck in your brain and you don't act on them because you don't know the answer that creates a blockage which means that you delay making decisions that you should make and your life goes... Then you stop caring. Just like that. Yeah. You stop caring. So uh, email us. AskPete at Ask AskPete at PeteThePlanner.com A few disclaimers before I leave you for the day. Or maybe these aren't uh, uh, disclaimers as much as notes. <laughs> Here's some notes. Number one, as I said in the first segment, I'm generally uh, opposed to The gifted or loaned down payment, when a parent does that, uh, that's just my opinion. It's an educated one. It's just my opinion, but that doesn't mean (laughs) if you did that, you're a bad person. In fact, you're a loving person.
0: It's generous. Uh,
2: It's very generous. It's a nice thing to do. Uh, I have just found that that the failure rate on that is higher than it should be. Maybe and that's, that's the way it to say makes it.
0: makes us feel uncomfy about it, right?
2: Yeah. That's, it,
0: that's what it is. That's
2: what it is. It seems like someone's giving you $10,000 or whatever more for down payment a home. That doesn't seem like a scenario that should be messed up as much as it is. Right. And it gets pretty messed up. Uh, disclaimer number two. If you email me and ask for my opinion and I give my opinion and it's not fun to hear, like... I'm okay with that. Yeah. And I want you to know I'm not making fun of you. I don't think we've ever made fun of someone on this show for doing something I disagree with.
0: No. Because everyone's entitled to their own opinion.
2: Yeah. I I think if you're asking me what you're asking for, what is the technical and practical way to make this better? Right. I agree. Those are my notes to end the show. Please uh, go to PeteThePlanner.tv. watch Pete's eats? Nicole, thanks for sitting in studio. Thanks
0: for having me in studio. It's hot in here. It is really hot.
2: Yeah, oh it's dying. Okay, that's all we have time for. Sending good vibes, because good vibes are all that's in the budget. I'm Pete the Planner. This is the Pete the Planner Show. If you want to be on this podcast and have Pete fix your
1: money, then hit us up at PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast. You heard me. PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast. Log on.
2: This is for... Information purposes only. It's not not decisive. Evangel planning the flight. Consult Evangel divisor.
1: The is a from Everest. The fresh is fresh. And you can call me E.T. Or to John Tesh. Let me bless this harmonic presentation. It's amazing. So amazing. I'm the reason. Uh.